Before we get started, please take the time to like, add, and subscribe to our pages on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and iTunes. Also, please leave us a review. The, the group, the gang, what was that? What did they call them? The Wild Bunch gang. The Wild Bunch, yeah. Like, is that, is that like what they called them or wander our way over you know because this is wandering ways what's bigfoot possibility clink how's it going Ah, another day in paradise man can't complain can't complain well actually no that's not true i can complain a little bit Uh, i was gonna i was gonna say um your computer did some shit this weekend. And uh, if you, if you were our viewers, some of our viewers know we had an, I know squatch episode coming out and uh, good old, good old. Let's blame Elon Musk on this one. Probably <laughs> fucked with the internet and Mark's computer went kaplooey and we lost it. So I feel bad for our friends. I know squatch. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I think the biggest bummer is it was a really good interview. Um, they had a bunch of stories, so we'll have to have them on again, but yeah, the interview is lost. That's part of the lost tapes of the wandering ways podcast, I guess. Um, because that one, it joins the yellow half of the YOLO interview was missing. Yeah. Um, and there was an oh, there was a couple two like two we didn't record like we did a full episode, not uh, recording <laughs> like twice, and yeah. one because the first time we did it we're like ah let's just re-record. Second time we're like fuck this we'll go again tomorrow because like yeah, it's no, weird. it's interesting. Yeah, this one though, this one though isn't like. The, the other three are kind of my fault. The YOLO one, I lost somehow. Uh, and then the one's not recording. I just never hit the record. This one, I, not my fault. <laughs> well, but, we have a new rule that both of us will record our interviews going forward. So that way. Yeah. If we got to create backups. Should have saw it coming. With any of our um, kind of trips, we always have to have a backup or something. So uh, should have should have just thought uh, thought it through a little bit better huh well yeah i mean it is what it is it's life we'll we'll reach back out to our friends i know squatch and definitely go check them out if you're into bigfoot merch they got the shirts the hats the water bottles all the cool stickers that you need of bigfoot um i know squatch on etsy um please i know that was probably said in the interview so we'll i'll i'll reiterate it there for our viewers um, yeah, go check out Rick. He's got a song out that's pretty good. So yeah, the Wood Booger um, Walk. That's that's the song. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a good song. I mean, honestly, you I listened to some of his other songs. I think the Wood Booger Walk is the best one that he's done. He's singing with heart on that one. There you go. Another reason to go check it out. Other than that, other than the fact that uh, they're both great guys over at I Know Squatch. Um, well, what's crazy though, what I don't like is we record these. If you're not familiar, you can watch these podcasts on YouTube or Spotify, and we record these on Zoom. So we're having these conversations on Zoom. 
their customer service is just terrible. It's just chatbots, chatbots, no help. And none of it's like, oh, if you lose a recording, like terrible. So, um, yeah, that's just part of the story, the wandering way. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's it. But uh, besides that super bummer news, have you been up to anything fun recently? Fun? Um, since you and I last spoke, I mean, I went to Wolf Point, which is, you know, you're driving through like some of the most remote country we have. And we'd like to keep it that way, just so you guys know, listening. Um, it's it's a shitty drive. Um, there's not a lot to look at. I mean, you've been into eastern Montana, South Dakota. You know what it's like. Um, Wyoming um it's not great and uh, like circle fun fact circle montana i found out one of the places on my drive it's the furthest place away in the world from like a starbucks yeah that's why i'm never going to circle <laughs> right <laughs> no I it's my coffee yeah but so, how much gas was in circle i'm gonna guess a quarter <laughs> 301 301 damn yeah yeah damn yeah you no, know, it's I mean, because you're close to the oil fields, I think, in North Dakota, I think there's a little influence and there's not a lot of people. So they don't buy a lot of gas either, I assume. So, the yeah, supply to, but you have a lot of like diesel because of the farm equipment. Um, So a lot of like what I like about that drive is you see you do see like the wildlife in the fields, you know, in the farm fields, you see the like deer, the antelope. Um, Saw some really good bald eagles and hawks today. Um, There's a winter storm moving in, so get some of that but you know it's beautiful i mean i like all weathers all landscapes just because like it's cool is it super snowy up that way um there's i mean snow the roads are fine but the snow is everywhere i mean tons of like you're you're set in till may you know essentially well no i shouldn't say may like march we'll say march where you'll have snow on the ground probably until March, February, March. Uh, Especially based on how this winter is going. I was looking at like the weather ahead, like they're high up in Wolf Point next week, like next, like Monday and stuff. I think it's like negative 10 is their high. (laughs) And that's not even with wind chill. That's stupid. (laughs) Move. Right? Right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's been cold here, but not like that cold. Like, no, I, no. Yeah, on uh, on next Tuesday, negative twelve is the high with the low of negative twenty four. Yeah, move. <laughs> <laughs> no, no bueno. No, it yeah. gets cold out here. Um, it's cool. I mean, it, I it's fun to experience, but like, if it's your life, no, nah, I I'm good. I like I like I like. <laughs> no the the cold is what a, i'm not a huge fan of it i'm also not like its biggest enemy uh it's nice for a little bit <clears throat> if i got a jacket on and stuff i'm pretty chill uh, or i guess not chill but i'm pretty warm um you know See, the problem is when it gets that cold you get like to me you just flex all day long because you're just tense and tight and it just like oh like no like no fun no fun no uh, but you know it is fun 
uh, yeah, I I think I think I know. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna go out on a limb, and that the fun thing is another ABC's episode of the National Parks. How do you like? We don't even like plan these, and you just you read my mind. <laughs> yeah, no. So we're we're chugging along. ABCs of the national parks and we're making a stop. Last one was in Bryce Canyon. And this time we're not going too far. We're going to good old Canyon lands, the land parks, the land of canyons established in 1964, the 31st national park. And to one lucky visitor, it was a disappointment to them. That's what it says in our subpar book. But, uh, you know, screw them. You know, there's colorful, over 500 square miles of colorful canyons, landscapes with mesas, buttes, and arches. Canyonlands National Park is Utah's largest national park. The Colorado and Green River divide the park into four districts, one being the island in the sky. It's the most accessible part of the park, offering views from overlooks along the paved scenic drive, hikes varying in lengths, a moderate four-wheel drive route, White Rim Road. It's home to the famous Mesa Arch, where you see all those beautiful photos, a good sunrise photography spot. The Needles is another one of the four sections, offers opportunities for backcountry experience requiring hiking and or four-wheel driving to see the attractions. The Maze is a remote district requiring more time and self-reliance and a four-wheel drive high-clearance vehicle. Roads are difficult to navigate and hikes are challenging. The last is the Rivers. And, well, Rivers. Above the confluence, the water is perfect for canoes and kayaks. Below, combined river flow creates a 14-mile stretch of white water down Cataract Canyon. Sounds like a good time. I mean, I had a good time when we were there, didn't you? No, I did. This is actually one of the more, uh, it was kind of a surprise how much I liked it um, when we went. I mean, we weren't there too terribly long, but the little bit that we were, it it really was actually a surprise. Um, I think partially because I didn't know what we were getting into. When we got to Canyonlands, um, I was just like, oh, it's going to be more rock. Um, nothing nothing I hadn't seen before. Um, but when you get there, you know, it's just, I mean, there's that, mo- there's the one picture that I have where I'm like, when we're in the island of the sky and I'm like looking out, that one, it just straight up reminds me of good old Mufasa and Simba going like everywhere the light touches is ours. <laughs> No, and you do, especially around that island in the sky, get that feel. Um, like, well, where where else do we get? I kind of got that feel on like the Great Whale or the White Whale hike that we did there. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a cool, actually, kind of cool spot. Right, and we got right up, kind of up on top. You kind of see the one river on that side, and then because you have the Colorado and Green Rivers, and then you get to like the end of the island sky, and you kind of can see just like the canyons and. It is, you know, 
you're right. Like looking back at it, you know, I, I didn't have much expectation. You don't really hear much about Canyonlands in that in, in my in my world. You know, you have the glaciers, the Yosemites, the Smokies, those kind of, you know, all the time, Yellowstones. But when you get into Canyonlands, like it's really remote. It's really kind of you're out in the Utah desert. Um, you're you know, and that's not a friendly desert in that sense. Um, I want to go back to this area, particularly, especially because of the four wheel driving in my Jeep. Um, but I also think I would like to dive into like if I were to go back there, I'll probably go spend a day or two at Arches and then dedicate most of the time to Canyonlands because it is like the bigger of the two in that sense. There is more to do. I want to get into the needles. I'd want to get down on the rivers like I saw a photo down on the river i'm like god that's just beautiful and why not you know go experience it go live it no a hundred percent um yeah it i mean i think part of it why it gets so under underrated or just forgotten about is you know it's it's part of the the utah five and it's just not the big hitters of like a zion a bryce or an arches those are the ones arches has the license plate so everyone knows about it uh zion's angels landing um and then bryce it seems like everybody wants their picture in bryce right now so you're you're absolutely right you're seeing a lot of those winter photos in bryce come out um i'm also thinking you know you look at the like the canyon like i'm looking at it it's a beautiful photo that's what i keep looking at it's just gorgeous and i, I i'm taking myself back to that and it, it is remote and i think when you we talk about like that top five in those popular parks and people go into them it's because of also the easy access right um you are driving you know really the island in the sky is the only thing you can do if you're doing just like your road you know, your basic family car road trip, you know, you don't really have that four wheel type car, nor are you wanting to go off road uh, on a dirt road on your trip or even go back country. You know, you're doing the visitor centers or, or the ranger guided tours and those kind of things. Um, the island of the sky, you're pretty limited to just that. And that's kind of what we did because we were on that 12 days and 12 uh, parks trip. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I liked it. I I got the itching on that, you know, you go by the visitor center there and you see that road that drives down into the, you know, one of the districts. And I'm just like, yeah, I want to do it. I yeah. want to do it. Um, Cause I, I know you'll see more things that most viewers don't, you know, you, we did get that beautiful, beautiful Mesa art shot with the mountains in the, you know, uh, in the morning there when we were there. Um, but I don't know. I, I think like you, some of the more beautiful things I've seen are the things in the back country are, oh, the are hard to get to, you know? Sure. Yeah. Your old faithfuls and your icons, you know, your devil, your delicate arch and like things like that are going to be easy to access because a lot of people want to see them and they are those big hitter items. But I mean, there's, beauty beyond that in my sense you know because you, you you get away from the people that are there you get away from that um you, you know i i look at like those arches photos i took because i don't want people in my photos i'm looking at that arch and you know especially mesa arch in canyonlands that is you if you see a sunrise photo from like behind 
like of all the photographers lined up and how they do that. It's wild. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, to me, it's like, it's not the same experience and I don't want that experience. I want a, like, I want it for myself or the group I'm with, you know, like that's exploring and, and enjoying these places to me personally. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think I have backcountry, and that's why I like going backcountry, is because you get to see stuff that not everyone gets to see. I, uh, you, I think there's also there's also kind of a part to it where that like sense of, not I don't know if I accomplishment is the right word, but you know, like you've worked very hard physically to get to that spot and then you see you know the reward essentially and so uh, i think that has a huge part into why that sticks in your head a lot more when you're looking at you know that view or that glacier that mountain that panoramic whatever it is right if you worked really hard to get there then you're like damn and it sticks and there's that awe of it even more so yeah no i i mean i agree with you and like i'm reading here in my uh like 50 my national parks book and they're talking about like even the horseshoe canyon down on the water and like you can get to like the native american petroglyphs in this area and that was something i really arches and canyonlands i know have a a lot of is the native peoples and the, the first peoples in this area and it was really cool to see that stuff down there. And that's something I, I got into. And like, you know, you're saying, and I know there's not a lot of people who are really into that because they're like, oh, drawings on wall, you know, but <laughs> it's that his that native history in these places, too, that I like, you know, because you look at a place like Canyonlands and it being that desert, you know, dry land, this, that. But in reality, like there were ancient cultures living there. I do want to point out before those times, there weren't dams and other things like straining our water sources and other like resources and for areas like that, you know, so there was more, you know, lush valleys in these desert areas for people to live in. Uh, and they do. I mean, you look at like Moab, it's not a small, I mean, it's a small city, but it's a city and yeah. people, it can support that. Um as well, you know, you look at like Phoenix and Albuquerque. I'm thinking of desert towns like that. Those water sources are supporting those larger masses. But just to think of like what those places would look like 200, 300 years ago when the first explorers were getting out there. Right. It would be interesting. I mean, you know, uh, that people have been living or in and out of that area of Canyonlands. Uh, the fact that I have pulled up, it says uh, for like 10,000 years, people have been. So like, because it is a canyon and it is shaped by the water, I think it would be interesting to see or to know what changes happened over that span. Like, what did it look like 10,000 years ago compared to now and compared to a thousand or 5,000 or 500 years, you know, all the different, because that's essentially what a desert is. It's just eroding. So it's making all this different 
landscape as we speak right now the land is is changing over there um so you know it, it kind of tells it's there's a story inside of a there's a story of like the land and then there's a story that's written on the walls as well and so it'd be interesting I, it, it's interesting you know there's no real way to know what it was like but it'd be i think kind of fun to know or see what it is oh 100 i mean that's the best thing to see when i think you if you could put on those goggles because a lot of like eastern montana for example was it was an ancient ocean you know and you get that like the desert uh i'm not i'm not quite sure about canyonlands i don't think it was part of the ancient ocean but you know some scientists somewhere because you get like different maps where they say that ancient ocean was based on the critters and creatures um but that's another thing, those layers of the rock. Uh, and there was a very good ranger talk when we did that trip uh, where he was talking about each layer and like what happened in each layer. And there are different species. There was a time of water. There was a time of dinosaur. There was a time of human and this and that. And it's really neat that like there are these places on this earth where you can like see a lot of that in one place. And this is one of them. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, going continuing on with the fun fact of people living in and out of Canyonlands for the ten thousand years. Um, you know, Native Americans. I'm just going to read off the facts that I have here. Uh, nomadic groups of hunters gatherers roamed throughout the southwest from eight thousand BCE or before common era to 500 BCE before common era ancestral Pueblones thrived farming and living in what is now Canyonlands. The Europeans, yeah, they put their fingers in everything old. <laughs> this route was the basis of the old Spanish trail, which remains a well-traveled route to this day. Uh, and then miners and rangers from the 1880s to 1975 local ranchers used much of the canyon lands for winter pasture and cowboys searched the canyons for goods, feed, and water. So, I mean, everybody and everybody seems to be trying to get into this, uh, this land of canyons. So um, it's got to be something. You say that. You know, because we talk about this being part of the Utah Five, it is Utah's largest national park, but it's also the least visited of the national parks in Utah. So keep that into consideration when you're talking about all these people going there and wanting to go there. Um, I would have thought Capitol Reef was the least visited of the five. I would, too. I mean, this book was written in 2019, so I don't know if the revised numbers have changed. Um I think isn't Capitol Reef closer to Bryce Canyon and Zion? Yeah, it is. So, so that, that's probably why. Um, but I just why well, surprises me. I would have guessed Capitol Reef was the least visited. That's what the hey, the book I the book says. I don't I don't question the book, and it's written by the national parks. It's got the pretty photos in it. You know, you know what? We'll have to we'll have to table this debate when we do our ABCs with Capitol Reef because I think it's coming up. I, you get the updated numbers. 
<laughs> yeah, you'll get the updated numbers on the next ABCs. Although I don't know if it is actually Capital Reef that's next for the ABCs episode. Um, but I have a feeling it's pretty close. Oh, CA and CA, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, I we didn't mention this before, um, but at the very beginning when we started, but this is the first C. We've hit the C's in our ABCs um, of the national parks. That so, is fair. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another fun fact out at you. Uh, weapons were even sought out in Canyonlands during the Cold War. Government hired prospectors scoured Canyonlands for uranium. Miles and miles of roadways were built for discovering and transporting ore. Little uranium was found. However, and the initial ravaging for ammo, in fact, brought about the park's permanent protection. Well, I'll be. That's good. And that's where a lot of... to strip the land of its goods. Right? And But that's why... that's why I think those roads, there is a lot of those desert four by four roads. Cause that's what they were using. Those army Jeeps back in the day or those military vehicles. That is fair. That is fair. So I was kind of thinking of getting into sport fishing again, but I feel like I need a good quality net. Well, you know what, Reverend, I got the key solution for you. You know, our friends at blue ribbon net, make this eco-friendly aquafade bag so you're not hurting the environment. It's 100% biodegradable. Plus, the wood is locally sourced and it is also biodegradable and it's just such a great company to use. Um, The Blue Ribbon Nets, they're here in Bozeman, Montana, and we even have a discount code. That's right. If you use the code RUGARU10, that's right. That's my Jeep, the RUGARU. RUGARU10, R-U-G-A-R-U-1-0. You're going to get some discount on a blue ribbon net. You know, you can get the long one if you're fishing the big fish, or you can get just the good river one, you know, if you're like me and just want to catch a lot of fish. So, again, make sure you go check out Blue Ribbon and use the promo code RUGARU10. Hey, hey there, Reverend. Um, I heard that you might be running dry on your sticker supplier. Yeah, I've been looking around and I've kind of like run out of cool stickers to buy and put on water bottles and stuff. Well, I, I mean, have you seen the stuff Josh has been coming out with lately? No, I have not. Well, he is doing some really cool stuff with the Shop LS574. Yes, they're working with indigenous communities and making some really cool stickers um he has a really cool buffalo mountain sticker there's even water bottles hats sweatshirts the whole swag and we even got a discount code for you guys yes if you use wandering ways at shop ls574 you're going to be getting a discount on your next purchase but not only that you're going to be giving a percentage of that sale to the little shell tribe as well as they donate a dollar of every sale to murdered and missing indigenous women. So just such a cool thing going on there. You know, you use the code WANDERINGWAYS, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G-W-A-Y-S, and you put that in there, boom, you're getting a discount. 
Uh, Canyonlands is, you know, the time I went there, I thought it has a lot of potential and a lot of potential to be filled with a lot of cool shit. And by meaning, uh, by cool shit, speaking of cool shit, it's, it's time for cool shit in nature. Um, got the usual two as per, um, Looking forward to this a lot. Uh, let me just get this up quick. I got both our videos. So one's a funny and one is a like a classic kind of Mark kind of video. So good. good I'm good. excited for it. But anyways, here's the first video. Which for anyone just watching is a Rhinehill. Uh, just saying hi to a dog and the dog is like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, uh, rightfully so. <laughs> and the dogs is laying there on the ground or, oh, wait, oh, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the right, like kind of, kind of just moves a little quicker after the dog, but mm -hmm. really not aggressively. No, not at all. See, that's uh, but interesting to me when you see rhinos like that on the street, because, like it's like bison here in America. This next video you have here is of a sea lion chasing down a penguin on like the speech. It's crazy because they're coming out of the water. Sea lion gets on land. Penguin gets on land, and it boom. Sea lion yeah. for the win. I really think it's a bad move on the penguin's part for leaving the water. Yeah. But it's I also right here. They're in kind of that like wet, muddy stuff. And I wonder if like if he gets to like the sand, is he better off than the sea lion? And that's kind of why he's doing that. You know what I mean? Maybe, Where it's yeah, kind of in that muck. I feel that. You know, there's there's a possibility that he's a little bit more agile on land, but clearly outmatched in this video. Um yeah. um, uh, but going back favorite? to your bison and rhino comment there uh i yeah i see where you're going with that comment but there's there's a vastly larger number of bison when compared to um rhino oh so let's make the comment of like when you're in yellowstone or even in like gardner or cook city and you're seeing a bear like that that's what the, is you know what i mean like if a bear and a dog interacted like that because the numbers are probably and it's just yeah, interesting. I mean, pro I, I could see that. I mean, to be fair, I think if a dog is sleeping on the side of the road and anything like large came and just like poked it and said, "What's up?" the dog's gonna freak the fuck out anyway. Oh um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, just like the rhino in the street, like that. Like, I'm sure the town's like, "Get the rhino out of the street into the fields or something," you know. Yeah, how wild would it be if you're just like cruising through town and all of a sudden you turn a corner and bam, there's a rhino. Or I mean, um or if you were down in uh, Colombia where they got the cocaine hippos. Um yeah. that would be that would be wild too. <laughs> right? That was just insane. Um but bringing it back cuz I got kind of my own cool shit from my uh, local intelligence here from the secrets to the national parks talking about Island in the sky of Capitol reef, 
or not Capitol Reef. You had me confused because we we're talking about the debate. Canyonlands, because this is the Canyonlands ABC, and they talk about the island of the sky. It is home to the only native herd of desert bighorn sheep remaining in Utah. About 300 to 400 animals sit as Chris Dias, seasonal park ranger. Typically, all the literature says that they stay below the white rim, but we're getting more and more sighting them, sightings of them on top of the mesa. You'll have the best chance of spotting wildlife at places with water, such as Upheaval Dome and close to the visitor center at next spring. Look for their tell, telltale white behinds on rocky slopes of 45 degrees. In hot summer, they stay close to water sources. And in late November, you might hear the sound, the resounding crack of the Rams headbutting contest. They'll slam into each other about five times an hour, says Dias, which is even when those big horns and double craniums come in handy. Yeah, that would definitely come in handy. Um, how wild would it be, though? Because the, you know, the desert, well, no, the desert doesn't really have that echo. You know, I was going to say, like, you hear that echo. Yeah, but like in the canyons. Yeah, I guess it kind of would depend on where it is. You know, there's that echo, but um, they they don't. There's not as much of it, but it'd be I mean, cool here if on like a quiet night, on a quiet night as it's getting ready because it is a dark place, certified dark sky, um, which is always a treat when we're talking about these parks. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Uh, I like dark sky parks. I like the dark sky. That's another, I mean, I was just up in Wolf Point, man. You do get a nice dark sky up there. Uh, well, there's, there's no like people. What? There's, I was going to say, there's like what, five people in that whole like 100 acres area? Yeah. No, it's not a lot. There's not a lot of light pollution, um, especially when you get that negative 10 degrees that I'm talking about. Yeah, that's why there's nobody there. Because <laughs> they've all moved. It gets cold here too in Canyonlands. Yeah, they have, gets... they have. If you go to their website, you go like they say. You see the stargazing stuff, and then you see the what to do in the winter here. It is open year round. Um, that you can go visit good old Canyonlands. I mean, it does get icy. I mean, that's part of how the canyons form. Uh, right. you know, was, when we sat at the visit, the park ranger talk, he talked about how the ice creates it expands and then melts and that creates the cracks and stuff yeah well and that's just i mean it's people don't think like desert the sand it doesn't hold heat so yeah it may be hot during the day but at night it drops down you're going to want a sweatshirt it doesn't hold the heat the same way um it's funny because you talk about like the park being open year round if you go to the national parks page which i'm on right now and you go to operating hours and season, all park hours open today, 24 hours, Sunday, 24 hours, Monday, 24 hours. It's open every day, every single day you get in the park. Um, that, is, that is good to know. Well, here here we are right here. Talk, here's the, it's the 101 on their website. Weather, Canyonlands is part of the Colorado Plateau, a high desert region that experiences wide temperature fluctuations, sometimes over 40 degrees in a single day. The temperature and most popular seasons are spring, April, which is April to May, and fall, mid-September to October, when daytime highs average 60 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit and lows average 30 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Summer temperatures often exceed 100 degrees Fahrenheit, making strenuous exercise difficult. Winters are cold with highs averaging 30 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit with lows averaging 0 to 20 degrees Fahrenheit. That's, uh, that is a wide fluctuation of uh, temperatures throughout the year. Um, it definitely for sure gets hot there. Um, I do know that. Um, the cold doesn't surprise me that it actually gets that cold. Um, you know, it's it's kind of high enough desert to where it's just, it's going to be kind of a bitch cold too. Oh yeah. The de- no desert, desert cold. It's, it's, it, it gets you like when I, when I talk about desert cold, right. It's kind of different than even uh, it's a dry cold and like versus like a wet cold. And when I talk Oregon state football, right. Whenever Oregon, the Oregon teams play Arizona teams and Arizona teams play Oregon teams or Washington teams, you notice some those upsets happen more so when those ranked teams are traveling to like that colder environment that isn't theirs. And it, you see, like you see that difference. Um, I've seen it because I'm a Oregon state fan, but it's, it is, it, it, the desert, you know, it's a different type of cold. It's not a wet cold. It's that dry cold and it gets to those bones. Um, even though the parks open 24 hours, the visitor center, the only single visitor center, um, like the main one is well, actually there's the main one that is going to be open in the winter is the Island in the sky. Uh, it's eight to four and there's seasonal closures. All the hours on there. You have the needles visitor center, um, which is closed from December to February. Um, you have the Hans flat ranger, ranger station, which is actually uh, open all year except for the holidays. Um, and then the Canyonlands Backcountry Office, which has limited winter operations December through January. So they're all pretty much open. They got stuff to do. Um, not a lot of internet and cell phone access, but they do have public Wi-Fi at the visitor centers. And yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the, some of the one-on-ones that they got for you. There you go. Uh, not a one-on-one fact, um, but... Still a fun one, uh, nonetheless. Um, this one, I'm going to read the headline, and then I'm going to go in and just kind of read the fact. I thought this was cool, just because why not? Um, but Butch Cassidy and his wild bunch had a hideout in Canyonlands. Why so wouldn't you? That's a good spot. But, right? They uh, Robbers roost was the nickname given to the canyon surrounding the area in southern Utah where the infamous outlaw Butch Cassidy and his wild bunch gang would often meet up and hide out after one of their big heists. The wild bunch would often set up to a month or more living within these canyons and hills that most lawmen didn't know how to navigate. Robber's Roost was kept very secretive with only a very select number of visitors ever being brought to the hideout, mostly just women who were romantically involved with the outlaws. I like I like how they call them the uh, the, the group, the gang. What was that? What did they call them? The Wild Bunch Gang. The Wild Bunch. Yeah. Like, is that is that like what they called them or... Uh, let's see. Wild Bunch Gang. 
Yeah, they were called the Wild Bunch. That's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. They must have been wild. I mean, the Sundance Kid was a part of that gang. He oh, was part okay. of the Wild Bunch, huh? Yeah, interesting. Butch Cassidy's Wild Bunch. <laughs> I think Who so. would have guessed? It's honestly Sunday. a great game, I th- or name, I think. Oh, never mind. Butch Cassidy, I'm thinking of the movie about him. Oh. oh no um but yeah butch cassidy i mean that's a name you hear from old old timey uh kind of period piece you know up there with like the john dillinger's kind of people in the world although i think well, uh john dillinger is later yeah i you know, yeah, you know probably more than I do about that. And these guys, like they were up in that, you know, they these are the same folk. I think Butch Cassidy went to like Deadwood in South Dakota because these they they roamed northern Wyoming mainly was their territory with horse, cat, and cattle theft, stagecoach, and highway robbery. Um, so you go hide out in Utah. That makes sense in those canyons. You must be on the run too. <laughs> But, I would be on the run too if I was in Deadfo- Deadwood. I'd be on the run from Deadwood. <laughs> well, you can also run in national in the national park. If you want to go on any of the trails, you can put a good little exercise in. Um, they also offer biking, which I know you like to do. Boating. They have flat water and white water trips in to experience the rivers. You can camp, which we didn't do. We camped in Moab, which isn't far. Um, climbing. A lot of rock climbers like to climb the canyon walls. Um, hiking, horseback riding, ranger-led programs, which we were able to attend and we've talked about. And then you said stargazing. And then they even have the ranger program for kids, which is really cool. Yeah, the junior ranger program. I love That's it. That's all. Love it. The, no. We love our we love our uh, junior rangers out there. Um, we need like wandering uh, ways junior rangers. Wandering ways. Our own, <laughs> our own program. No, <laughs> one day. A little minion. That would be that would be something else. Um, Canyonlands National Park has a wide variety of plant life, including 11 cacti species, 20 moss species, liverworts, grasses, and wildflowers. Uh, it's mostly in the moisture and then in the moisture areas with cottonwoods, tamarisks, and willows found along the riverbanks. Oh, wow. So even though it is a desert and appears lifeless, there's a ton of life. That's just plant life alone. There's at least 273 species of birds in the park, um, which is a wild amount of different kinds of birds. I think it is wild how many bird species there really are out there. We just don't realize it because like, it's like, oh, you're just that finch. There's this finch, that finch, this, you know, all the little, you know, Uh, but do you know what it doesn't have? Um, I'm gonna guess bears. Well, well, I don't know. They might have black bears. Uh, there are no lodging or dining facilities in the park. Oh, that's actually an interesting fact. Just more 
just campgrounds, really. There's only two campgrounds, one at Needles and one at Island in the Sky. First come, first serve, um, typical, and then the backcountry. That's it. Yeah. That's kind of wild. So if you're looking to stay in Canyonlands, plan accordingly. No, honestly, honestly, plan accordingly. Like it, it has all the things. And that's another thing. This is a large park. So like there are those like Hanksville. I think that's the little town we've been to, but you can get to different areas of the park through these smaller towns um, to reach like no, the needles. Also the maze. Between needles and uh, Island in the sky. Oh, good. So, you know, you can check out Island in the Sky, Moab Needles, or Needles Moab Island in the Sky if you really need to as well. Right. No, they got, I mean, it's a cool park. I mean, there's a lot to do. To, I mean, you can get, I think, lost in your own sense, literally get lost, but also lost in the sense that you can, you know, be by yourselves. You have those areas, you know. And we did when we did our hikes. Even, you know, even when we did the Mesa Arch, I guess we must have missed the sunrise. But it, I was still pretty early when we were there, I remember. Um, yeah, it was early. It wasn't sunrise early, but it was no. definitely um, early in the day. You had, I know, I know it wasn't because you had to go get your um, uh, coffee. <laughs> I doubt it. Not, not in Moab. Yeah, we uh, did. I remember stopping on the road and you ran it. We went into a coffee shop in Moab. The coffee shop in Moab. There was one on the street. We went in it. We you got your coffee, we got in your car, and we headed to Canyonlands. I don't remember what stopping in one in uh Moab. Um oh, we did. I remember it. It's in my head. <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> I'm glad it's in your head. <laughs> it was. It was in the morning. No. Well, yeah, all... that's when I drink coffee. It's in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I know. You just drink it every day, so you don't you know it's not nothing special to you. It's part of the routine. <laughs> I do. I drink it. I drink a lot of coffee. That is uh, if I'm not drinking coffee, then I am uh I'm chewing caffeine gum, speaking of. That's what I got right here. I got a giant box of caffeine gum. There you go. Got to get there that fixed. Go. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm on this map of the park that they give you at the visitor center. And I'm looking at all the different, like, all the different formations. You know, they have the, like, Green River formation, the Washaclara formation, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-three. They're essentially saying of of the layers that we see, and then they get down to the like rivers and stuff, like down below. Even like there's more stuff that they're just like they don't even have. This is the layers of rock in those canyons. That's just wild. I mean. I really want to go back to this park. Um, there's a good, like I said, the good native history on it. There's a good um, back country. There's a good star, like you're saying. They even, if you're on their page, like on that little visitor guide, right here is the 2022-2023 night sky almanac. They tell you the phases of the moon on certain days and what planets to look for and where, you know, things like that. And then they even show you your fee dollars at work. So where the money you spend uh, 80% of the fee dollars collected. Here's where it goes. So 
it's always nice to see where that money kind of goes um but yeah no uh canyonlands it's got it's got a lot of cool stuff i mean dead horse i think it's dead horse state park is right there um next to island of in the sky um which i heard is a kind of a secret gem or maybe it's not a secret um maybe that's where all the people are going they're not going to capital or they're not going to canyonlands they're going to dead horse instead um i don't know i've been to dead horse um but i think it could be pretty cool i think canyonlands just in general it's part of the utah five it's out there um it's close to arches uh, i think arches gets a lot more of the fame due to how close it is to Moab and also the license plate. Um, but shouldn't be slept on good old Canyonlands. No, it shouldn't. Um, I was looking too because earlier you're talking about the wildlife and whatnot. We didn't mention any of the mammals and I'm looking right now. There is no black bears, sadly. Um, they're saying larger mammals like mule deer, mountain lions, which if you've seen the, I feel like it's the America beautiful documentary. They talk about the, um, the mountain lion in grand Canyon that they have, um, and they cover, which is, I mean, really people don't think about that. And they mountain lions, they found a way and they found a way to also survive with people. Um, and, and they, they're not, they're, they're not to be messed with. Um, they're to be respected. Um, but they card, they do cover large territory. Um, they have a lot of like rodents, you know, beavers and, and yeah, they have kangaroo rats. Which I don't even know <laughs> what that is. Um, oh, oh, I didn't get down here. An interesting fall visitor to Canyonlands is the black bear. <laughs> An unusual sight in the red rock canyons. Black bears follow the river stream corridors like salt creek canyon in the needles that flow from nearby mountains so they come out of the mountains these visits occur in late august and september when the prickly pear cactus and hackberry trees bear their fruit ah that kind of makes sense and then they return to the mountains to winter there's always a bear <laughs> right always they find there really a way to. Is always a bear um but no anyways always always having something or always being somewhere is i'm always that guy um <laughs> we're at that time we're <laughs> at that time end of the episode end of this lovely little abc's of the canyon uh, of the national parks with canyonlands we're gonna move forward with final words so final words my guy again i want to apologize and say go check out i know squatch you know that interview was supposed to happen today on this episode and we dropped the ball it's all right life happens i'm sure you guys have dropped the ball too so it's okay to drop the ball the thing you got to do is pick it back up. And the way to pick it back up is if you, our viewers, can go to I Know Squatch, and go buy something and say the Wandering Ways team sent you sent you there and, you know, give it as a Christmas gift or give it as a birthday gift or get it for yourself because there's something Bigfoot for everyone there. So I do want to tell, tell you to go check our friends out at I Know Squatch. And I do want to tell you guys to just, keep on keeping on you know like 
2023 is around the corner and a lot of people are gearing up for the new year. We're all having like that new year's resolution. You hear it. Everyone's saying 2023, it's restart. We don't have COVID. We got this going. It's here it is, you know, so let's go. Let's, let's see the, let's see the action speaking louder than your words. And I'm, I'm speaking to everybody here because we all have it in the back of our minds. We all went through the pandemic. So how are we going to get through it? Um, and we're going to we're going to prove everyone right, you know, in 2023. And you're going to see a lot of adventures in the new year from us. Um, some big ones, hopefully. I've been looking into some cool shit. I'll be in Vegas uh, and I try to convince my family to go down to the Hoover Dam uh, this upcoming weekend. So to get some park in, they want to go down there for the football game. So we're going on down there for the football game. And uh, and then I'll be out in Oregon for a week and I'll try and do some adventuring, maybe get out to the coast out there and show you guys and the world's largest and deepest ocean. Cause why not? <laughs> you gotta right. love the world's largest, deepest and uh, ocean there. And funnest. We can call it the funnest too. There you go. Funnest as well. Um, reverends, final words of wisdom. Stay beautiful. Everybody. I can't tell you how much I appreciate every single one of you for sticking through uh, this episode. Uh, extremely bummed about the mishap with, uh, technology. Uh, I guess that's just why we can't give everything to the robots yet. Um, that day's coming though. <laughs> but uh, any, yeah, like Zach said, go check out I Know Squatch. Uh, they are great guys, great stories, um, all of that fun stuff. Um, thank you for listening about Canyonlands. It's always an absolute treat. Um, just go out there, start doing some cool shit in nature, start doing fun stuff, get out outside, be active. And with that being said, peace out, everybody. Bye.